Hey everyone, and welcome to What Messes With Your Head. Today we're talking to M, who has lived through the international student experience here at Adelaide Uni. And there's a few things she's passionate to talk about and we want to ask her about, including how do you have a healthy life as an international student? It brings all sorts of interesting challenges. We talk a bit about how to grow a social life when you've just got here, where to go during breaks, how to do other things to maintain your mental and your physical health and ask M to give us some bits of advice that she wishes that she had been given before she got here. Now, this podcast is produced by the University of Adelaide. However, all opinions on the show are our own and not of the university. Before we get into it, I'm going to hand over to Eileen Buckskin to give us the welcome to country, and then we'll get into a rich conversation about M's life as an international student, and hopefully you can find something to take away for your own experience. For over 60,000 years, this always was and always will be Ghana country. This land was never ceded. I walk proudly in the footsteps left by my ancestors, the Ghana, Narunga and Warungu people, the traditional owners of the lands that I'm speaking on today. I honour and respect my elders past, present and those that are emerging. I'm connected to these land, skies and waters through those who came before me and I will continue the guardianship of this country for those who come after me. I pay respect to all Aboriginal people from all nations listening today and the cultural authority that you bring from your country. I acknowledge my Papa Buckskin, and on behalf of him and all the Ghana people, I welcome you here today. Yakanantalia Yungarantalia, Nainari Ali Katanya Buckskin, Naitangi Wilta, Ghana Naranga, Nanki, Marawachanga Ghana Miena, Naimani Napudni, Ghana Yatana, Wangandi, Mani Pudni, Natalia. Hey, you're listening to What Messes With Your Head, a podcast about breaking stigmas and just having general chats about life and what we think needs to be talked about a little bit more. Thanks for tuning in to What Messes With Your Head. Today is all about international students and the international student experience. We're going to talk a bit more about social life, making new friends and all the barriers and, and issues that can come up with that. And today we're super excited to have a chat with M, who has like a very unique international experience. So, hi. <laughs> hi, Steph. Hi, John. Happy to be here. <laughs> That's great. Thanks for joining us today, M. We're so excited to have you here. So, I guess... To start off with with my story as an international student, my first kind of embarking into Australia was a f quite a few years ago. Um, I was quite lucky to get an Australian Leadership Award scholarship for a master's in oh, wow. research. Congratulations. The dream, thank you. The dream back then was to be a marine biologist. Um, I originally grew up in the Philippines, in the capital city of um, Manila, which houses millions of people so the first thing I did when I was looking at Australia was kind of try and go the the non-big city and I looked at Adelaide and I loved how you know they described it as being 20 minutes from the ocean yep. 20 minutes from the hills um, and I thought that was the best place to be and um, I was offered um, a place at one of the unis here and that's really how kind of my international student experience started um, mm. I was really excited I've never been I've never lived away from from home um, mm. back home the expectation was you live with your parents basically until you get married yep. and so I was raring <laughs> to be on my own <laughs> um, live on my own have my own house just just independence really um and i think you know how expectation versus reality sometimes is a bit different um i remember i arrived yep. it was january um and i knew australia you know uh, was famed for his for its beaches and landscapes and all of that but i did not expect to come into like the middle of a heat wave uh, <laughs> yeah, and, <welcome>. I, <laughs> and i think i was not as prepared i i did manage to find myself um 
find myself in the shops and get the basic groceries and a laptop to begin with. But I had forgotten that everything was on the other side of the road uh, as well. Right. So we do mm. it the same. We're on the same side of the road yep. as the Americans are. Mm. So I was waiting for the bus in, I think, 42 degree weather. Oh, and no. <laughs> they were going the opposite <laughs> way. <laughs> and I think I had three bags of groceries, yeah. a laptop, uh, and all of these things. And I was like, oh, welcome to Australia. Yeah. But I guess that's where the adventure begins. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think, I guess, like, for any of the international students listening, it is exciting. But again, I guess when you get here, there will always be things that you've you've not yep. expected. Mm. And um, I guess in between, we'll probably chat a lot about mm. the in-betweens. But I guess over 10 years on, some of the friends that I've made back then are still really great friends um, now. We've been through weddings and childbirths and things like that and i think uni is really central to that um yeah i guess i'll stop there and see if no, you had any is, other questions for me maybe the, yeah, the no, in between great. i mean things. there's so much to unpack even from that mm. I, I, i'm curious just as a side question you said um because back in the philippines people usually stay living with their parents um until they get married and then you came here and you're living on your own did you um did you have friends back in the Philippines that were jealous of that by any chance? Or? Uh, very <laughs> much so. I think my farewell party was yeah. all beach themed. So I'm, I'm lucky. Like I grew up um, really privileged in Manila. I went to an all girls private school. And so everyone was really excited for me. I had no friends, no relatives, no third cousins yeah. in Adelaide. So no mm-hmm. one to kind of like cry help to when I was here. Yep. But that was intentional. Um and so, yeah, a lot of a lot of my friends were really excited um, for yeah, me. Yeah, definitely, that's fantastic. Um, so, I mean, we'll we'll talk about a number of elements that come into the international student experience. But uh, one thing we want to focus on a bit in this episode is that kind of social life aspect. Um, would you say that building a healthy social life is that a fairly important priority for someone who's just come over here and maybe doesn't have that set up, or or can that wait? Uh, I I think definitely like I think it was pretty much on par with um, accommodation all the basic things accommodation where to get food um, mm-hmm. especially if you don't know anyone in a new city you'll always you always kind of like need someone to to come to not just for help but just you know social the social aspect is really great for our, for our mental health yeah. and I think all of my friends and the people that I've met through those two years as a master's student and an international student was really, um, it was critical um, where to, you know, where to find housing, um, where to seek mental health support, Mm. where's the great place for pizza on a budget, (laughs) just just basic um, things like that. Yeah. So, so these were actually friends that you met through classes, were they? So I guess, like, I met lots of different groups of friends yeah. through different things. I think I was lucky because I was part of this this scholarship that was a federal right. government kind of program. They mm. linked us right away to other students yep. who had won this scholarship. Mm. Um, so again, then I'd met people um, from all different kind of countries which was great, um, but then we were all kind of like feeling yeah. our way. Um, some of mm. the great domestic kind of students that have become friends came from just joining a club at uni. Yeah. So as part of the soccer club, that that was really helpful, um, not just to meet people, but again, they were friendships. Most of them were undergraduate students, but a great group of them were all postgrads as well yeah that's awesome. mm. and then it's also attending attending events like their shows at uni there are theater clubs um and i think one thing i also reflected on was accommodation there are lots of different types of accommodation there's ones that are based off at uni like yep. dorm style mm. and you can meet a lot of people from there but during the second half of my degree I actually met another girl at a bus stop from uni and they were in a shared house 
and wanting to find someone to kind of rent yep. a room and that was really great because it was a house we all became yeah. really good friends we'd have we'd have a night of someone's cooking filipino food someone's cooking you know an australian barbecue someone's cooking taco mm. night and i found that really helpful as well yeah no that's awesome i was just gonna ask um was that kind of intimidating so you said that you just kind of met that person at a bus stop are you kind of the, the person who would approach someone out of nowhere was that intimidating or would you have other people approach you like what kind of things do you find yourself doing I guess I should have put in a bit of context as well because that might have sounded a bit like no, it's great, it's creepy, a great story. Just a person at a bus stop. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was literally the bus stop just outside of campus, and she kind of came out, um, you know, obviously from campus outside um, Benithan Hall as well, and we walked up to the bus stop, and then kind of started started chatting. You know, she looked like she was my age, and usually I wouldn't feel. I wouldn't feel intimidated, but I think the manner in which she approached me was very friendly. She looked really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that kind of started a real good conversation. And I think most of the, the friends that I've met at uni um, were of this similar type. And I think just also being open-minded. If I was always fearful and intimidated, I don't think I would have met people those early days at uni. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how it could be so scary to put yourself out there as well. And then, I mean, I'm not even talking from an international student experience, but just my own experience. But then sometimes if you make the right friends, then that leads to more friends and that leads to more friends as well. Sometimes it's just making those first yep. initial connections. I, I will be very frank, though, and say, I guess culturally, when I first came here, like upon deeper reflection, I feel like I would get intimidated more if it was, you know, like a white male, yep. if, if that makes sense. Mm. Not because they were doing anything yep. wrong, but because I would feel like, am I doing something wrong? Is he coming to tell me I'm, you know, I should be standing on the other side of the oh, road right. or so, this and that. And I and I think that's more just a cultural yep. I think that's more of a cultural kind of like reaction as well, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um that's fair enough. So were the, were most of the friends that you make early on uh people around similar age uh and gender as you then or was there a bit of a mix? There's quite a there was quite a big mix so again like I had really good kind of like international friends just because I was part of that program but then during classes um, especially in some of the classes that were specific to my to my degree I would um, kind of bump into the same groups of people Mm -hmm. Um, and we then formed a good kind of group there was a Canadian girl there are a couple of Aussies and we had formed such a good bond that one of my friends from that group um, had a wedding. We were all invited. And I guess, you know, there to this day, 10 years on, we're all still a part of each other's lives. Yeah. And I think that was, um, again, that that's that's uni friends. And even though we're all postgraduates, um, I think there's something there in terms of like sharing similar experiences and interests and then and then coming together. I think that that just happened really organically. But likewise, with some of the international student friends, a few of us kind of coordinated traveling to Tassie, for example, and had quite good experiences there. And even though they have gone back to their home countries, Mm. it's something that we still kind of reminisce together. Um, And some of us have traveled pre-pandemic and caught up with each other, whether it was in in a different country as well. So. I know one of my best friends I made in my honours year in my first degree and it's probably one of the few people I think from my uni degree that I still catch up with now but that was also yeah almost 10 years ago now <laughs> um, and it's amazing mm. it's almost just by chance if you're put in the right situation where you keep seeing each other and you have some of the same interests and um, it, can, mm. it can create what exactly. becomes a lifelong friendship which is amazing. Exactly. 
And I think just within within uni as well, sometimes there are casual jobs that are advertised at uni, whether it's blogging and things like that. And then, you know, one or two of them will, will be really good friends yep. from there. Or there are also lots of internship opportunities from schools and faculties. And again, you meet, meet lots yeah. of people from there. Do you know, um, is there much in the way from your experience of uh, uni staff organized like mixer events, social events or anything like that? Or is it more of these less specifically social things that just have the byproduct of creating social relationships? Um, I guess from an international student experience, definitely. I think through the year there are yep. at least four that were run by staff back then and they're more themed on like yeah, cultural cool. nights and things like that. Mm. Um, and I think they were really helpful in terms of, again, meeting people whether it's whether it's other students from your home country who you wouldn't really be friends with yeah. if you weren't you know in australia yeah. um but then say for example here at adelaide uni um i participated in the global iq program mm. okay what's what's that i forget which division puts it together but i think you're paired you're paired with students from different kind of cultural backgrounds and so it's open I think to domestic students as well but you're put in really small groups and I think there are certain tasks that you do together but it's really just learning about other people's kind of cultural background so it, instead of right. it being IQ emotional quotient this is kind of like your your cultural IQ almost I think it's a it's a volun it's, it's you join it voluntarily yeah. mm. howdy it's future Steph again. Let's find out a little bit more about Global IQ Connect. It's basically a program run by the University of Adelaide, and it's pretty much a culture exchange between students. Anyone can register, whether you're a domestic or an international student, and it doesn't matter what cultural background you're from at all either. It happens in rounds, and once everyone is registered for a round of Global IQ Connect, the organisers match people up into pairs, and those pairs take part in weekly discussions, workshops, small group activities, and one-on-one -on -one chats. The whole aim is just to talk about and experience cultures other than your own on a more personal level than just kind of giving it a Google. As M noted as well, it does also mean that new students, especially international students, have a chance to make new friends in the new environment. We'll pop a link to more information about this in the show notes, but for now, let's get back to the episode. But it goes against, I think for HDR students at Adelaide Uni, it, it, you earn points for it for your KARST skills. So KARST is again a program by the Adelaide Graduate Centre. Um, the acronym, I think, stands for Career and Research Skills Training. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because I think for most for most research students, you don't really get to attend as many classes. Um, at least from my PhD experience so far, there are zero classes that you go to. So it's really just signing up to some of these uni activities that you really do get to meet mm. other students and be connected to community. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious, and this might be a bit of a hard question, but I'm going to ask it and see where it goes. Um, being an international student, um, I guess for for local students, when we we talk about this, we we kind of have the tendency to lump like all international students together, um, and that that's often for like positive reasons because we want to make yes. sure there's the support there. Um, but I'm sure that you know being an international student, maybe not all international students kind of feel that they're all in the same boat. I was just wondering in your experience, um. Did you find that you did actually, like, did, did you have a strong kind of identification as an international student with other international students? Or did you feel like there is actually more of a separation there, maybe based on what country you've come on, come, come from? I think that's a really good and fascinating question. Um, I think, again, it, it ebbed and flowed through different phases. So I think at the start... Personally, and this is just in my experience, I didn't really want to be, I guess, lumped into just all the international students. And more importantly, I didn't want to be lumped into 
just the Asian international student kind yeah, of right. cohort. I think I was very intentional in making friends with people of different kind of cultures. So not just Australians, but you know, people from from Europe or America or South America, just because you know I've lived all my life in the one country. Yeah. <laughs> and coming from my parents' home, I think it was really just me personally wanting to know more about the world. Yeah. Having said that, later in my candidature, I felt that I felt you know those feelings of being homesick, yeah. even yeah. though. Even though as a master's student, I, I knew I only had two years. I guess it's different now, now that I'm living in Australia, that homesickness is, I think, it will always just be there. But the two years, I knew I had the two years to soak everything up in Australia and didn't really think of homesickness as much. Yeah, well. Having said that, Christmas time is always, like, I think that emotional yeah. time of, like, family, friends childhood memories mm. that then I was kind of seeking out are there any other Filipinos here at uni yep. I'm missing you know I'm missing this kind of you know Filipino food mm. um, and I think that's when I started kind of going back to the International Student Support Office and actually saying are there new Filipino students coming on board I'd love to be part of yeah, you know right. welcoming them yeah I'm not sure whether that answers your question. <laughs> no, no, it's I. I just <coughs> wanted to get your your experience with that because I yep. think it is something that, um, like I said, is not not necessarily a bad thing that we do in lumping <laughs> all international students together. But um, I'm sure there is kind of maybe identity issues that comes with that as well. Obviously, oh, being people being from very different backgrounds. <laughs> no, definitely. And I think when I was when I'd first come here, I came here with like a. A huge checklist of, of things to do and I think that's also part of like the things the the limited amount of information you know about Australia so I knew yeah. I wanted to go to the Great Barrier Reef I knew I wanted to go <laughs> sorry we don't have that here. <laughs> exactly. I knew I wanted to go to the Barossa Valley mm. we do then, we do have that one yeah <laughs> but then but then you know having lived here like I've formed my own preferences for maybe McLaren Vale that sort of thing that you don't really you know, you don't really know until you're living here. And so... Mm. Totally, totally. You know, the first thing I went to was like, where can I see a koala, right? Mm. Or <laughs> where can I feed the kangaroos? But again, oh, ha yep. Yep. having lived here, you kind of um, get to know the people and um, yep. little secrets each city has to offer. And I think you only get that when you make those social connections. Mm. Yeah, totally, totally. It's actually interesting because you bring up the things about like where to feed uh, kangaroos <laughs> and koalas, and honestly, like I know we have places around, <laughs> but but like those are things that I don't personally do unless I'm with people who have come from like overseas or yeah. you know like tourists from somewhere. Um, and I, there's so much of that. Um, I found like when I went, I, I lived over in Mexico for a short time, and it was great. Like um, the connections I had there because I was fortunate I had a couple connections to get me started. Um, the people there were just so excited to show me like all the national treasures over there, all the great places and everything, which is like I really appreciated that. And then I had um, kind of some of them uh, friends move over here and I kind of felt like a bad Australian. Like I didn't know what to show <laughs> them. Like what is our classic South Australian, you know, Treasures. <laughs> and, you know, like you said, the Barossa is probably one of the bigger known ones and McLaren Vale is beautiful. Some would argue more beautiful, um, but, you know, maybe a little lesser known at the moment. Exactly. Or, or even some of the smaller kind of wineries and now like gin distilleries up in the hills. Yep. Like mm. yep. you, won't, you won't know them unless you know some of the people who lived here. And I think, I guess coming back to the topic that we're discussing that's kind of that's the special experience you get um on yeah. the you know the wide the different kinds of groups of friends that you make around uni or mm -hmm. in a, whichever new city that you're in yeah totally did, totally. did the mexicans take you a, to a cenote when you were over there uh, oh, some yeah, of those like, like a bad tourists <laughs> uh, what, what was that they're like underground like they're like underground caves that have water in it kind of like the ones in mount gambier mm. you know that's probably one of the very few places i didn't get taken oh. so i did get taken um to a restaurant that was maybe in one of those there's there's the um 
there's the area and i cannot remember the name of it unfortunately but uh with all the big pyramids like some of the biggest pyramids you can still see over there oh yeah those um and right next to like that whole area there's a under underground cave that you can go into and they got a restaurant there yes um and and that's where uh I tried uh, chapulinas, which is the, like, crickets you can eat. And, like, I, I had that on several dishes over there. And, you know, you can get on pizza. You can get on everything. And that it's, like, really interesting to try because it's, like, this little, like, protein power pack kind of thing. And the problem is, like, the legs get stuck in your teeth <laughs> and all that. But, um, but I remember because I was there with some good friends who now live over here. Um, and they're, like, yeah, try it, try it. And I tried it. And I was, like, yeah, that's not bad. I'm, like, so you, you've been eating this your whole life and she's like no i hate them i've never tried them (laughs) (laughs) well why did you tell me to eat them (laughs) that's that's kind of like the drop bears right like yeah totally totally. (laughs) yeah it's uh which uh for any international students listening they're not real i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) because we're representing the uni i should tell you the truth (laughs) i love it at in your podcast when steph does like the little you know the side notes yeah. Um, with some of the research and stuff. And I can almost hear, like, some, you know, the myth of the drop bear. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like Steph, that's yeah, I'm going to have to do that. 100%. Sorry. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, So maybe we can go a little bit broader um, from just social life stuff. Um, okay. Obviously, that's one of the big priorities, it sounds like, when you, when you come here, um, try and establish a social life if you can. Um, what Are there any other things that you would put in your top maybe things to do for someone who's just moved over here to kind of set up a healthy life for them um i think again coming back to that piece on accommodation and maybe now even more so like there is a rental crisis so i'm not sure how you know you get that much choice but i do remember my first experience was really you know because i'd not been here before it was just doing like google Um, checks as to where best to live and at that stage I said I wanted to live really close to uni so that I wouldn't have to buy a car Um, and there are again pros and cons to that because you do save a bit of money but I guess it it kind of hinges on what your goals are when you are here as an international student like I really wanted to travel so I think I I saved up as much money um, that I could from transport costs within, you know, just also having a a nice simple place to stay that's close to uni so that every semester break I could travel all around Australia. Mm. But I think for most international students as well, um, accommodation is a critical kind of decision because it sets you up to, you know, whether you are part of the community or whether you do feel isolated especially if you go through those bouts of homesickness Mm. or just being overwhelmed with everything that's new Mm. um and i guess it again it depends on you know the type of person that you are because if you are close to uni sometimes services and support and just having other people walking around um could be a signal to reach out to someone whereas if you're living further away from i guess uni you might tend especially when it's winter and it gets dark so early um you might have that tendency to just stay in and sometimes the weather affects your mood and i guess that's if there's one thing that maybe international students really kind of like think seriously about it's also um accommodation and and where to live yeah i i actually want to just ask about so something you said a phrase you said just before is uh what what is your goal as an international student <laughs> that's some that's something i've never actually heard before um is do you think it's a helpful mindset as an international student coming over here is to have kind of a goal of what you want to get out of it oh definitely because um so i guess very much like most asian students i've i'm a high achiever um i from, from that master's program, I was invited to be part of the Golden Key International Honor Society. Yep. So although I'm talking a lot about like traveling, when semester was on, like I was like really on. But at the same time, I balanced it out with when there's semester breaks, I really go out and try and um, make the most of it as well. Mm. So I guess my goal was really one, getting that degree. But I knew that, you know, 
the HDs sometimes don't translate into great career prospects. Mm. Like that's where yeah. you know networking and I guess real life experience comes in comes in handy yep. as well. Yeah, yeah, very much. So in some ways, you were a high achieving tourist as well. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, whatever that yeah. scholarship kind of invested into me, I invested it back into. No, that's <laughs> into no, tourism. which is fantastic. I think I no, Luke, that's fantastic. And I know uh, we had you know Asira on a previous podcast talking about her experience, and she stressed how, uh, in her case, it was I believe her parents were paying for her to kind of study, and like she just really did not want to squander that. Yeah, and I think. I think that is like a really interesting point to bring up again because that is, you know, as a domestic student, it's something that you don't always think about uh, when, you know, you're talking to international students that, you know, their studies aren't covered by the same government hex debt and stuff like that um, that domestic students get. And so that choice to actually come here and do this is like generally a very conscious choice <laughs> mm. um, and they're taking it very seriously. Hi oh, again. Just here to give a bit more clarity around the differences between international students and domestic students and what tuition fees look like for different students. Just because I know that if you belong to one group, you pretty much never see what the other group actually sees in terms of tuition fees. So let's just clear it all up a little bit. Basically, it changes depending on the student and what you're studying. But the main difference is that if you're an Australian citizen, you're probably eligible for something called HEX help. That's the loan from the government that you apply for at the beginning of your degree. It means that you don't need to pay your tuition up front, but you will eventually need to pay it back, which is generally after you make a certain salary. Some of it's automatically put towards your HEX debt within the Australian Taxation Office. However, for international students who aren't Australian citizens, they aren't actually eligible for that loan. There are other things that different people might be eligible for depending on circumstances, uh, like scholarships, Commonwealth-supported places, other things that kind of make tuition fees a bit cheaper for them. It really depends on circumstances, and each student is different. But generally, international students need to pay a hefty amount up front every semester because they're not eligible for that HEX help loan. Now, as I said, this is really different depending on different students' situations, but we'll pop some links to more information about tuition fees and how they work for different students in the show notes. Let's get back to the conversation. And it is also very, it's a scary choice in, in some respects. Yeah. Like, it was very it was very fun, but there are lots of times where, you know, you're in a new city, lots of new kind of cultural rules you know, yep. language language barriers, um, cultural barriers. But I I kind of, I remember my dad's advice and he did his post-grad in Austria as well. And he was okay. the one who was really um, pushing me to have that experience of being an international student. Mm. It's because like it's a different kind of education as well. Yeah, right. Um, and it's interesting, you know, now you're studying... Uh, postgrad um, would you say your experience as an international sh student informs that at all definitely definitely I think because I think I think that and seeing how everyone has different hats and even different masks that they wear throughout the day you know you're you're an employee with the uni but you're also a tutor but you yeah. also have dreams of you know I guess taking your learnings from this degree into a career that you're really passionate about mm. and I guess that's the same with international students you have this this hat you're wearing on from your cultural background but then you're also you know identifying as transgender maybe mm. and you know living life as a disabled person um, we all kind of have these multiple identities kind of within us at all different times but the one that's salient is dependent on context sometimes mm. yeah totally i gotta ask a question just for myself because i have seen the word salient in so many research <laughs> projects what does it mean <laughs> so say for example like within my research project um obviously i identify as female or you know as a woman Yep. But I'm also Filipino. So say, for example, I'm in a group meeting where they're mostly males in there. Yep. And so, but 
we're all of different kind of like nationalities and cultural backgrounds then what's more salient there for me is being female so strategically oh, okay. and sometimes sometimes it's unconscious sometimes it's intentional do i play do i play my being female um a bit more subtly and kind of focus on my international experience mm -hmm. so that i'm able to relate with the other people in the room and i guess right. vice versa as well if if they're all female but i'm the only one who's non-anglo-saxon do i kind of relate with them more as another woman in the room and not kind of bank on so i guess this is how some of like the the social identity kind of concepts that play out in interaction mm. work yeah. and most of them are are subconscious i guess yeah totally and it, it connects very much to like what what this whole show about what this whole show is about which is kind of bringing attention to i mean we we use the word stigmas here a lot but so much of that is tied to identity and identities we have whether we realize them or not and uh i i find that by bringing attention to them that can either empower you to you know actually like take care of that identity or challenge it if it's something that's not helping you and yeah that's a whole interesting area um the other thing that you were saying about I guess saliency and international student experience is that sometimes, um, what do you call this? That that first experience that you have in Australia is most not not notable, but you bring it up very easily. Say, for example, my bus experience that that forty two degree day coming here. Yep. But as you. I guess collect all these experiences and as an international student it also kind of taints how you recall it like that that yep. experience at the onset there might be super horrible but yep. then after having met so many friends going to watch the footy going to different wineries having all these like wealth of experiences that are both happy and sad mm. then you kind of look back on it as something else it might be yeah. either pride or it's something that's embarrassing or just something that's a funny story that you bring up so i guess um and, and international students always kind of like take these stories back home um yep. and even if they're horrible stories it's something that they kind of share with pride and i think that's one thing that i kind of remember now that i'm technically a domestic student but whenever i see like international students walking around you know you kind of want to just reach out and kind of like say hi make them feel at ease because i do remember how i guess daunting mm. it can be um when you're that new person in campus yeah totally um like my experience with that when i was over in mexico is that i had my wallet pickpocketed <laughs> at one point um and you know whenever i tell people that story unfortunately because like i tell that story and people go oh my gosh you know that place is horrible and unfortunately then that reinforces all negative stereotypes people have about it but you know i lived there for five months and i had that happen once and <laughs> the rest of the five months were like great um you know so much culture and so many great people and all that kind of thing that you know to me i exactly like you're saying i don't look back on that i don't feel negative about it at all <laughs> really yeah um part of it was uh, part of it was my own fault as well for not protecting my pockets on like a really <laughs> really crowded train <laughs> um and that's a cultural thing you just have to learn when you're in a country kind of thing yeah um but yeah like because i had so many other really quality and deep experiences there uh i don't see my time in mexico as a negative thing i see it as an incredibly enriching thing yeah and then that story to me then becomes a funny story <laughs> yep exactly. rather than this big tragedy so exactly um the other thing that i just remembered now in terms of like you know some of the benefits of knowing different groups at uni um yep. i remember some of the international students before would talk about you know tips for making kind of like um your budget as an international student kind of like easier they they would say things like oh i think it was like the student union before i'm not sure but if you join the student union every like i think every first monday of the month there'll be free breakfasts and things like that oh wow mm. or there would be like and i think the well-being team kind of put a lot of events together as well in october when it's mental health month but sometimes yep. there are free yoga sessions 
they're free, totally free trips that will take you to, you know, Victor Harbor, to Granite Island and things like that. Oh, that's beautiful. And I guess, and, and I guess for international students, that's like a really great experience, especially when you're, you know, living a, a tight budget, um, you know, you've got tuition to pay and all of that. But then also, I guess, coming back to student unions and student groups, they also have lots of great tips for casual jobs. Mm. Um, I know a lot of international students who've taken up barista jobs, say, for example, and have, you know, made great friends, not just with people that they work with, but, you know, talking to customers who come in. Um, it just it just kind of I think I remember Steph before talking about like taking a break from uni and then just going to work and sometimes when you're an international student and if you're going through a rough time whether it's because of an exam or an assessment and you're feeling really down like doing something that's different from what you're doing at uni whether it's barista work or you know putting up flyers in uni but you're having to show up you know at regular times kind of helps your mental health as well takes you out of that takes you out of that space that's kind of like weighing you down for a temporary period of time uh hoi hoi em mentioned free food and free breakfasts offered by different areas of the uni so i just wanted to jump in and give you some more details about those so you can score some extra food um the first is a free breakfast that's student care organize this is called the breakfast club and at the moment happens from 8 30 a.m to 10 30 a.m tuesdays to fridays every week during semester teaching periods which means that it just stops during all the holidays like mid-semester breaks mid-year break all that sort of stuff that it's open to all students not just international students it's totally free and you can go in and get food and leave, or you can hang around and talk to the people there if you like. There's no stress, no obligation, nothing like that. For other meals through the semester, the student union, also called UX, often has lunches through the semester that are free for union members. Um, membership does cost some money, but you might still be interested in that um, depending on how much you're, you're able to spend. If you're interested, there'll be links to this in the show notes as well. And finally, for international students specifically, International Student Support, or ISS, hosts plenty of dinners and engagement nights throughout the year, some paid for and some free, really depends on the event that's happening. So if you're an international student, just keep an eye on your emails because the ISS newsletter should have more details about these events as they happen. All right, let's keep going with that convo. No, that's that's really awesome advice. Mm. Just listening to you talking about that, um, it it makes me kind of think how easy it could be to just if you're an international student and you're coming here, like it sounds like it could be unbelievably easy to just kind of be overwhelmed by everything, by how different everything is, and how how difficult it can be to find to make friends and like get in contact with people have you ever had that experience while you were here of just like going through something that was like almost forcing yourself to to do something if you're really feeling like shutting people like shutting everything out and just kind of staying at home staying in type of thing I haven't but a a few of my friends and people that I've met around uni have Mm. um and it was hard for me to see them go through that but again, you know, there's there's only so much that you can do. Mm. But they they I guess for all my friends, they do eventually come out of it. But like exactly what you said, Steph, it's very easy to kind of all of a sudden it just takes one little thing to kind of turn your world upside down. That's a bit of an exaggeration. But you know, say for example, a, a friend of mine who's come all this way to study has left, say for example, a partner back home. Mm. You know, and they have a fight, say, for example, and they're so far from each other. It's really hard doing, you know, say, for example, long distance. And then you just get into a a slump, for example, and then you don't want to go to class. And then, you know, there there are all of these things. And then it's so easy to kind of like if your parents are trying to call you, it's just so easy to say, sorry, I've got uni on. Mm. 
you know, like it, that's why it's so important, I think, for international students to have these points of connection, whether it's their supervisor, whether it's someone from counseling. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's your housemate. Like I remember living with a girl who went through something very similar and she would, it was very hard for her to get out of her room even, yeah. you know, so that is very real. It's very isolating because you can kind of like just shut everyone off. Mm. And they do kind of, you know, they do kind of come out and come back. And, you know, you as a group of friends kind of sometimes have to say, we're doing an intervention. Let's do this. Let's, you know, let's go out. Let's cook. Let's, you know, let's yep. just hang out at the beach and not do anything. Yeah. Or just in the garden outside. You yep. know, it, it's just, that's why it is really, I think it's one of the basic things you need mm. as, as an international student. Mm. And then again, you have international students who come here with their families i think that's one thing i think i had forgotten to mention as well some of those in my postgraduate program who are here as as scholars were either um, married and so their partner and children would sometimes follow a month or so after mm. yeah right. and then that burden on them to kind of get their studies done make sure their scholarship or their stipend is really you know they're not just putting money away for a rainy day it's money that you know their kids can go to childcare or to school yeah. or their partner you know it's 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 a very different international student experience for them as well mm. yeah definitely that's a really good point um was that your experience em did you have family come over no no so i came here as you know, quote unquote young, it was post grad, yep. just straight from from undergrad and and single, so it was lots of traveling. For me, it was like it was one of my best years, really, yep. of just yep. um yeah, experience, experience everything. Yeah, definitely yeah. experience. So um, we've we've talked a lot about you know advice and resources for other international students, but. I'm curious if you were to give any advice or request to maybe domestic students on the way that they approach international students or could be supportive or anything like that. Is there, is there anything that you wish you would see more of? Um, not really, because like one of the things I reflected on, even from my experience as an international student, was how everyone in Adelaide is generally very warm and friendly. Like, the amount of times I just probably looked lost. Like I wasn't even ready to reach out and say, where yeah. is this? Like I probably just looked lost because then someone would kind of slowly approach me and say, hey, yeah. do you need a hand? Like, um, <laughs> You it's know, it's funny. I, I've, I've had that same thing here in Adelaide because I often look lost and people have offered to help me too. But I'm like, yeah, I was born here, but thanks anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think, I think nothing really, and I think most people and most domestic students do that anyway. Yep. Um, and we've got such a great, um, I guess, student community here. Um, so I think nothing really. It's just we're all do we're all we're all students. We're all kind of like having our own yeah. kind of struggles as well. And I think you guys touched touched on that in one of your earlier episodes, and which I think was very helpful for just like student community in general so i don't think there's anything else apart from there if you do find um other students with a lost look in their face kind of like just slowly approach them <laughs> not not in, a, not in a creepy way but very cautiously but not creepy <laughs> yeah. doing and, a very dangerous people are always line. kind of like happy to <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, I prefer to yell from afar and be like hey <laughs> hey you lost <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i think <laughs> yeah everyone's pretty friendly what else um for domestic students i don't know some uh, some some uh, some other times that i've made friends were just people kind of just saying hey or other international students who look like each other if that makes sense like there'll be other filipino international students around in campus and they'll sometimes say hey are you filipino and then there's that kind of like there's that connection or hey are you going to this class then there's that connection as well i think it's sometimes just kind of yeah. reaching out the worst that can happen is like they're i don't know they're rushing and they're a bit like who are you and just walk away but that's the worst <laughs> that can happen <laughs> what about you guys do you have any kind of like um 
from your perspective as the domestic suicide questions for for internationals are things that you wish they had known is that something that would be helpful oh, or even really like adelaide secrets that um you know we're touching on oh everyone goes to the brossa valley everyone's kind of like flocking to um the koalas and the kangaroos mm. um you know this this is maybe a really obscure one but this is when i found out this i told everyone i knew <laughs> um if you get a library card <laughs> if you join one of the sa libraries uh, that actually gets you access to a lot of things, including uh, so like Linda, which is now LinkedIn Learning online. You get all that for free. You get kind of all these other kind of like resources if if you're interested. This is more, I guess, like um, if you're wanting to learn new skills and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but I guess just uh, don't undervalue what you get with some of the like things like libraries or like the museums we have here. And there's there's a lot of like public services that are worth exploring. Because um, it could actually save you a lot of money <laughs> as well. True. Yeah, that's true. And even like concession, you know, all the students yep. are on concession cards. I think some international students forget forget about the concession bit as well. Yep, yep. I would probably suggest like little markets that happen around the place. There's not really anything specific, but yes. yeah, oftentimes yeah, there's like um, uh, at the showgrounds, there's a market every month i think and there's a few that are in the city as well there's yeah the farmers markets mm, exactly yeah um i feel like they have a pretty good a pretty good range of just showcasing everything that adelaide has like there's just like cheap clothes and things like that there's usually like food and coffee and music and stuff and that's it's pretty chill as well yeah that's so good yeah because i've only been there a couple of times and i always tell myself like i'd do that again like the following month because they've got like lots of like grassy you know grassy places to sit as well you could easily yeah. have have a picnic mm. um and stay there for hours mm. steph do you have any other questions i'm going through the <laughs> list i think we've we've covered everything <laughs> we've solved everything that's fantastic <laughs> solved all problems <laughs> world hunger <laughs> solved Wow, in our first season of this oh, as well. <laughs> we're on a pretty good run. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what um, we're going to do next? Oh, you know, okay, no, that that is that, that, <laughs> we're being stupid, but that is a question. Did did you find um cultural differences? Did you find humor was hard to get or there was any like missing <laughs> of like Australian humor for you? For me? Yeah, yeah. definitely because I would I don't know if I'm right, but most of my Australian friends, their humor is quite sarcastic mm. and I'm very yeah. gullible. Like, yeah. so for, for you know, like say, I'd be probably one of the classic victims of like that drop bear thing. That's why, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I can never yeah. forget because I like, oh my gosh, I would fall, you know, victim to that story very easily. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Australian humor um, was a cultural difference but also i think Sarah mentioned that before when you're speaking to i guess supervisors you back home we'd call them professor this and that you'd have to be so there's like this hierarchy all the time mm, yeah um you wouldn't just email them straight off the bat with their with the first name that's actually interesting and that's something i've heard about um i think i heard it about chinese culture so this may be completely different in your experience but we obviously have like in Australia, there's not so much that hierarchy. Um, and part of that is there's a lot of onus on like the teacher to like meet the student at that level yep. and kind of put in all this extra work to kind of make sure the student's kind of up to speed. Whereas someone I was talking to, their background in China was that the onus is on the student to reach the teacher's level. <laughs> and basically, if if they're not understanding the teacher, it's their own fault. They need to try harder to understand the teacher. Yes. I don't know if that was something that you experienced at all. Well, I think just it's it's pretty it's pretty similar. It's also kind of like just wanting to perform really well to kind of like get to that to get to that level. But I guess in yeah. my culture, apart from that, it's there there's that hierarchy, the seniority and you know, kind of having to call them professor and you yeah. know, the the position titles and all of that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So, um, M, you very kindly sent us a whole lot of notes <laughs> for the podcast, which has been very helpful for this, and I'm sure we'll go into some of this stuff in future podcasts as well. Um, but you mentioned in there um, our language barriers. Um, what, what was your experience with that? Well, I think some of them was just just all the kind of like 
the shortcuts to things like ta <laughs> like sometimes as i guess the, especially the first time that i had come here even cheers was something that culturally yeah. i wouldn't have yep. known to mean as thank you and ta and um I guess the how are you's in my culture, you never ask another person how they are and you don't expect them to answer it mm. kind of thing. Yep. You're never asked, how are you? It's always just state your purpose and then go about your business. There's no, when you pick up yep. the phone, you know, hi, it's Sam, how are you going? There's, there's none of that. Like, um, yeah, like, why do you need to know that? <laughs> yeah. And what else were the language barriers? I think the, the pressure of translating... I guess English in your head before you speak. I think yep. there are some words. I guess in most cultures that don't really have a straight equivalent in the English language. Yeah. Um, and I guess that will go into like the realm of linguistics or or all of that. But I guess that was kind of like that's that can also be a barrier between kind of like international students and kind of like feeling at ease when you're here. I guess you're yeah. always. I've asked some of the other international students even just recently from from our school and I guess there is that underlying just feeling nervous that you are communicating exactly what you're feeling or exactly what you want yeah. and also doing it in the culturally acceptable way like not being rude not being yep. too forthcoming not mm. being yeah I will just kind of interject there as well so <laughs> um, but just like as as a domestic student someone who is a student and engages with international students I will just put your mind at ease a little bit and just let you know that you <laughs> do get a bit of a benefit of the doubt there like if we can tell that your that English isn't your first language Australian isn't your first culture <laughs> I guess um like we'll absolutely give you a bit of leeway we're not gonna un unless someone's really really like having a really bad day or something we're not gonna be super offended if you say something slightly wrong you know <laughs> oh that's such a that's such a reassurance and i and i guess that's still me like 10 years on i still sometimes feel like you know there are so many if you go through the thesaurus and you just you know you're just wanting to say happy but really it's something different from that but you yep. just, it's just the word choice mm. then you worry oh was that too much or too little or did, you know it's just yeah. how and then how am i coming across to yeah, this totally. person with that totally. choice of word mm -hmm. but you're right steph i think like i'm sure there is some most most like really kind people around the place will just you know give you the benefit of the doubt that oh she's you know this isn't her first language she i mean in my experience most australians i know are not too harsh on that stuff um i know whenever i'm talking to someone who like i can tell it's not their first uh language it's not even like there's not even like a judgment thought there it's just like just making sure that like maybe clarifying a lot just to make yeah. sure that we're understanding each other mm. but um i definitely understand this actually funnily enough connects to our recent episode about men's mental health where we're talking about how how much uh language impacts your ability to express yourself and mm. then that impacts your ability to kind of process <laughs> um, socially as well as like your own emotions as well. So definitely um, the struggle with that, I think, is multifaceted. Mm. So it's totally understandable if that <laughs> makes you feel <laughs> nervous. Mm. Um, but you, one thing you can at least uh, take solace in is that you're most likely not getting judged <laughs> for it. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that that's great because I think there are still lots of, lots of um, international students that I have come across. And I guess there, I did that gl global IQ program at uni, maybe just a couple of years back. And I think from from some of our notes, that's basically, and I was paired with, you know, say a, a girl from China and someone from Vietnam. And again, it was that kind of feeling of like, oh, how do I come across? Um, yep. Although we all kind of felt like everyone's really friendly and everyone's really warm and happy to help. Mm. But I guess maybe it's, yeah, I guess we all get, yeah, we all still feel conscious about um, how that you know how we're presenting ourselves. Yep, yep. Um, we'll probably have to unfortunately wrap it up there. But I was just wondering, M, whether you wanted to leave our audience with any final thoughts, anything, if you could sum up everything into <laughs> a couple of sentences. 
<laughs> that you wish you could tell yourself 10 years ago? 10 years ago, I think, I guess, like, drawing upon, like, the theme of the entire kind of, like, podcast and the blog, like, what messes with my head really is how, you know, some of the hardest things, kind of like being an international student, being in a new city, in a new culture, how such hard experiences bring such reward as well. Like some of the best memories, again, have come from that experience. Some of my best friends have come from that experience um, as an international student. And I guess they're like just coming out of your comfort zone. And I guess that's both from the international student side and the domestic student side like come away from your comfort zone meet someone you know meet someone different mm. say hi and you know sometimes you'll make a really great friend mm. sometimes not but i guess there some some of the hard some of the hardest things bring about like some of the best experiences as well that's awesome yeah. thank you very much for joining us em thanks john and steph for having me 